From the bowels of the Lexus Centre, home of the mighty Collingwood Football Club, comes High Night. Brought to you by Easy Bonds Global Payments. Join your hosts, Cono, Driver and Sugarfoot, the man the Herald Sun called the Dennis Cometti of Pop, as we bring you the only one-eyed match preview show in the world, High Night. On tonight's show, we speak to Kieran Butler on how Collingwood ruined his life. On this round for round three, years gone by. We also look at our Sweet 16, the best centre-half back to have played for the Pies since 1990. And we'll discuss the full match preview lineup of teams to take on the Kangaroos on Monday afternoon at Telstra Dome. Welcome, Pies fans, to another edition, another episode of this fantastic show, Pie Night. We're joined by Sugarfoot. Hello, Sugar. G'day, Connor. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, Driver. Hi, Kono. Hi, listeners. And uh, it's great to be on after a win. We're all feeling a lot better this week, obviously. It's kick-started our season. And something that I picked up during the week is that we haven't actually had a positive win-loss ratio at Collingwood since the end of the 2003 season. Let's hope on Monday afternoon that changes is that after true? we beat the Kangaroos. We've not, we've, we've not been more than... Not even a 2-1 at the beginning of a season over the last few years? Not over the last two years, 2004 and 2005, so it's about time we made that change. That's uh, that's a bizarre statistic. Well, where, where on earth did you read that? I went through my reports <laughs> and had a good look. Yeah. Of course. Fair enough. Well, we haven't started the season off, um, I guess, as positively in terms of having a lot of cattle on the field over the last few years. I mean, let's not, uh, let's not go over old ground again. But seeing all those boys uh, put their hands up and, and finally having a player like Anthony Rocker on the weekend, literally on the park, kicking eight goals was, um, I guess, you know, a tonic for everyone. Not only the four points, but the eight goals from a key forward. Did yeah. you guys feel as though you went to two different games on the oh, weekend? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the first half was, I think, what a lot of people are starting to say is the, the worst elements of our game. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and Hawthorne, they dra- they dragged us they down dragged to their us level. Down, but they, they butchered the ball. Did. They butchered but the ball. But then out we came in the second half. We played our football. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. If you want to look at where we turned it around, we went out and played our game. We won it in the centre, and we drove the ball long. Playing on at all costs. We had a lot of run off the halfback flank. What was what was brilliant to see? I guess uh, obviously, I mean, for my mind. Anthony Rocker's eight goals was pivotal in the win. But seeing these two players in, in Ryan Loney and Ben Johnson firing the ball off the halfback flank two, of these... Two much maligned players as well, yeah. which, was, which was great. It was, you know, we had guys calling it hard man Loney. Who <laughs> <laughs> would have it, thought it, that a few years ago? I mean, at the end of last year. You know, he's never been known for his physicality. He's been a big boy, beautiful kick, uh, great running. But just the crunching tackles and jarring bumps. It was fantastic to I see. I think the idea to make him a run-with player has really got him to more contests. The thing we know about Ryan Loney is, once he does get to the contest, he'll either lay a tackle or win the ball. Either way, you're winning. He's, a, he's quite a good tackler, mm. as the tackle statistics are showing. Mm. And of course, we know about his disposal skills. And the fact that he's had two 20-plus possession games in a row, the two highest possession games of his career, yeah, um, is indicating that whoever decided to turn him into a run-with player 
um, did the right thing. Yeah. The, the results are, you were starting to see those results. It's only been two games. We're not going to get too excited well, there, about it. There was some, uh, towards last year, I think he was doing a little bit of it as well. I think he had a couple of games. Yeah, yeah. I, I think from memory last year, he was he was more uh, that key position defender. And, uh, which yeah. Guys, there are two other players I thought were instrumental in that second half. Dane Swan and Blake Carousella. They, we talked about transition players last week on the show, and they played that role to perfection. And I thought Dane Swan in the third quarter, he was really the catalyst. He was the player that was used as a transition option by guys like Ben Johnson and um, Ryan Loney to get the ball through the middle and work it into the forward line really quickly. And Blake Carousella also did the same thing. Well, we've got a, a big fan of Dane Swan here in the studio. Kieran Butler, comedian, <laughs> participating in the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which is currently on. Kieran... You, uh, you've got a show called Why Collingwood Ruined My Life. Well, it's actually kind of, it's actually called um, Kieran Butler Claims Collingwood Ruined My Life. So I suppose what I've done there is cleverly used the English language to um, <laughs> put forward what we call in uh, the old, um, in the schoolyard, we'd call it a, a preposition or a proposition. Um, probably more to the point. And the idea is for the audience to come along, and maybe someone might come up after me after the show, and they might say. You might claim that Collingwood's ruined your life, ah. but I've listened to your story, pal, and I reckon they've done really they've, they've done the right thing by you. Well, Kieran, here at Pie Night, and I'm sure all our listeners out there in Pieland would say that Collingwood is our life. <laughs> well, that's how it, that's how it all comes about, doesn't it? You see, that's at some point there's a, a, a symbiosis, I think. Well, for mine, anyway, maybe I'm on my own here. Um, so far, audiences of the show seem to be agreeing with me. Mm. At some point, I think there's a symbiosis with your own life and your own existence and that of your football team. And it's been touched upon by many, many writers, I think, up to this point, um, this type of thing. And I think if you're a genuine football obsessive, where do you draw the line? You no. know? I mean, I can, I can say quite honestly, even though I'm no longer having anything to do with this woman, that I had some of the best sex I've ever had on the night of the 1990 grand final. But it wasn't all <laughs> down to her, and certainly not me, because I was, I was very, very inebriated at the time. But Did I still remember it, and I think it was all about the game. Were you thinking of dates? I was thinking of Dacos. I was thinking Faster. of all twenty players <laughs> who were in that um, who were in that um, grand final side. So um, yeah, I mean, I've used I've used the word proposition and the word symbiosis, and I I really felt I had to come up to your measure because that was a very erudite review of the game. I'm really you, really you were impressed. there. You were there. I was. Who were your best players on the day, Kieran? Well, um, I can't go past um, Dale Thomas. I'm very excited about Dale Thomas. Mm. Um, he's the, the, I don't know, maybe it's just the kids of today, I don't know. Um, the maturity that he shows in the way, or the way he plays the game. Um, uh, we, it's, uh, it's bizarre for a second game player to be showing is. such and, poise. And he runs, and he runs yeah. and runs and runs, and of course, you know, as you get older, you'll stop doing that. But, um, yeah. but you know, he'd be enthusiastic. And, um, but no, he, and he puts himself in, in, in position really well. I thought he was, he was my standout um, for, for the well, game. Well, People out there, you can hear that Kieran is a real Collingwood supporter. Yeah, not one of them fake passionate ones. Passionate Magpie <laughs> fan. And oh, I, was, I, 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 the, can, I can tell you, blokes, this, that people have come up to me and said, oh, you're doing a show called Collingwood Ruined My Life. Do you really barrack for Collingwood? 
Just think about that for a moment. <laughs> Imagine well, going, I'm going with my wife. Really out there. Oh, yeah, no, no, well, I for well, Richmond. Think, right. think, 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 um, about, think about the other teams that are, that are actually sort of Collingwood envy. You know, Eddie, Eddie's used that word penis envy or Collingwood envy. And you've got, you've got Port, who wanted to take oh. our colours. Yeah. You've got St Kilda, who've changed their jumper to sort of try and suit our colours, which has become a big issue this week. Obviously. Well, I mean, mm. for, those, for those people who've got a bit of sort of red-green colour blindness, it is tough watching St Kilda these days. <laughs> oh, get out it's of It's tough it. watching St Kilda anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, there isn't enough comedy based around football. I mean, for a nation like Australia that loves our sport, we don't seem to do sport and comedy that well. But I wouldn't I'd think too many people would cross the road to go and see North Melbourne ruined my life no. or Richmond ruined my life or Carlton ruined my life. <laughs> Even if no. that Collingwood... Well, they certainly won't because I'd had the lawyers onto them. <laughs> um, because I've become very litigious in my old age. Excellent. But, I'll give you um, a business card. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm surprised we hadn't met before. Well done, um, And, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a mistake about the club. And um, somebody did say to me after a preview show... A friend of mine said, so why? Why Collingwood? And I, and I went, oh, I, you know, I explained it in the show how it all started. And come and see the show if you want to hear the story. Well, mate, tell us where the show is, it, when it's on, Well, that's how can the, people get there? That's one of the, um, well, the, by jumping in their cars or taking public transport to the Collingwood <laughs> train station. Um, but the show's on at the Caringbush Hotel in a little wee intimate space. Um, it's called the Bobby Rose Room. Now, oh, when, I walked into the, when I walked into the Caringbush, I'm hearing stories night after night doing the show out there. Um, and I've heard that uh, Ray Gablick used to drink in the pub. Mm. I've heard back in the 30s, it was it was a pub in the 30s. And back in the 30s, you, know, you wouldn't do this in this day and age, would you boys? They used to, there was a fella, he was named, I can't remember his name, he used to play in the 30s, and it said that he used to, he used to sit over there and drink, you know, three pots of beer on his way to Victoria Park to play for Collingwood. He was carbo loading. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, before, you know, now, now players go to Don Camillo. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. back in those days they went to the carrying bush. Absolutely. Yeah. So, in, so you're on every night. Every night up until May the 7th, but not on the Mondays. If you want to book tickets, go to my website, www.kieranbutler.com, or go to the Collingwood Football Club website and click on the many, many links that seem to be popping up to do with my show. Um, well and, done, uh, And come down and see it. So, um, And uh, it's $15 entry, except on uh, Tight-Ass Tuesdays. On Tight-Ass Tuesdays, 10 bucks, but 15 bucks on, on the Well usual. worth it, yeah. $15. And I think we've got a few double passes to give away. We will um, be giving them away on later on in the show. Excellent. But for the moment... Thank you very much, Kieran, for joining us here on Pie Night on Collingwood Radio. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. A pleasure and a privilege. And um, let's hope we see everyone down at the Carrying Bush Hotel to check out the show. Oh, please come down. Thank you very Cheers, much, guys. Kieran. Thank you. Now, Driver, it was a great four points. Who are your best players? Sensational four points. As you know, I love goal kickers. Can't go past Anthony Rocker for his eight goals. Uh, we've spoken about Ryan Loney, his efforts... Dane Swan. I also thought Josh Fraser had a great game in the ruck. Connor, who did you think? Yeah, did absolutely. Well? I think uh, Rocker's efforts, eight goals, five in the third quarter. You cannot go past that. As a big man imposing himself on the game again, it's great that last week he might not have had the best week, but to actually go and kick eight goals, his best ever career effort is just fantastic. And I agree. Josh Fraser against Peter Everett, absolutely phenomenal effort. He was fantastic, and I thought the key, obviously, Rocker with his eight was sensational, but Jono's drive off the half-back line in that mm. third quarter and through the middle, breaking the lines, 
that was absolutely crucial to setting it up. Going long, stop fiddling around with it, just bang it long to long to Anthony. 27 kicks. 27 kicks and four handballs. And look, we're lucky enough, uh, Clinton Bound, our producer, got to catch up with Jono after the game and uh, speak to Jono about how, how he's feeling about his footy and how he's going along. Yeah, yeah it was good. Um, I started on Crawford and my first objective was really to stop him, him and Clark. And I found myself up the ground a lot, so it was good to get the opportunity to get a few inside 50. Yeah, 10 inside 50s, though, coming off the halfback flanks are pretty impressive, especially the way in the third quarter you were delivering to Rocker. Yep. Yeah, well, um, yeah, the week before there was a few kicks that let me down. I really um, wanted to get that right this week. Yeah. I think it's just the composure. Where, where do you see yourself? Better. I mean, your defensive role, obviously, in the last couple of years and now coming up more through the midfield and even the... Yeah, well, where do you see yourself? I like... Um, Playing halfback on the high half forward, the bloke who goes up the ground a lot. Um, I like winning, yeah, yep. a few spurts in the middle. Um, your kicking style—it's uh, it's a different kicking style, but it's uh, been pretty efficient. Yeah, well, um, yeah, my first two years at the footy club when I was young, like, it was a pretty um, big weakness. And over the last um, probably three, four years, I've really worked on it and tried yeah. to get it better. It's a real sort of sweeping, stabbing style, and it seems to, it's, it was certainly the other night, the other Sunday, it seemed to just be hitting the targets. So is it something you've worked on with a particular coach? or? Yeah, well, I've done most of that with Gavin Brand. Most of my work's been with Gavin Brand. He's pretty much been my mentor over the last, well, my whole footy career, really. Yeah. Um, just a question from a fan here that's uh, written in. A lot of Pies fans think you've uh, you've well and truly arrived in the AFL uh, during the 2002 qualifying uh, final when you tackled Peter Burgoyne in the goal square, thereby saving a certain goal. Similarly, your career has gone from strength to strength um, from there. What sort of effect has this had on you um, personally, um, either that tackle or that win that particular game? Yeah, well, yeah that, that was pretty much the turning point of my career that game. Um, like before that tackle, that would have been the worst game I've ever played in my life. And um, leading up to the finals, I remember Mick Malthouse, he said, um, don't be a certain player like there was one at West Coast who just couldn't perform in finals. Yeah. And after that game, like going into the preliminary final, I was under a lot of pressure. And um, I think that preliminary final game is probably one of the best I've ever played. I rate that the highest. Do you, do you draw back on that? Um yeah, I do, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Last season was, was tricky. You had a few injury problems and um, obviously maybe your form wasn't where you wanted it to be. Um, what have you done to change that? Oh, well, basically last year, the first 10 games, I, was, I thought I was doing pretty good and then um, had the quaddy injury out yep. for a month, a couple of concussions. And then um, with that quaddy injury, I couldn't do any cross-training at all, couldn't get the blood flowing at all, so I lost a lot of fitness and went straight back in after two training sessions and yeah, pretty much just struggled to go with anyone. I went like went on first, second efforts and then I was just stuffed for the rest of the game. How much um, how much does wearing the number 26 mean you? Oh, a fair bit. Well, I wore it as a young bloke, so it was a massive honour. Honor. Yeah, and he's a, he's a legend. Yeah. Legend, just bloke around the club, he's just awesome. How is it to have him here, like, every day, day in, day out? Now, you've obviously got your own working relationship with him, but to have a guy like that who you used to watch as a, as a young one, but now to be working with him all the time at better in your game, because obviously his playing days are over. Yeah, well, even early in my, year, in my career when things were, weren't going too good, he was, a, he was the main person that really stood by me, and um, him and Mick Malthouse, and just give me support and... Just little things that he says just mean a lot. 
the boys have come a long way in the last um, couple of years since obviously the 2002-2003. Uh, um, there seems to be a lot of effort put in and obviously win on the board now. Where can you see 2006 going as a group? Well, that third quarter on the weekend, I think that'll be 2006. That's the way we want to play and I think after getting that confidence, that's the way we will play. On this round, from rounds past in Collingwood history, round three. We're already up to round three, and there's been plenty of great Collingwood times in round three. Brian Taylor loved kicking goals against Richmond, the side that sent him packing from Punt Road to Victoria Park in the first place. In 1988, Taylor kicked four goals in the first quarter at VFL Park. The Magpies scored 10 goals in that term and went on to record a comfortable 70-point win against the hapless Tigers. In 1989, the Social Club of Victoria Park was officially named the Bob Rose Stand. Collingwood were playing Brisbane and the Bears opened with the first two goals of the games. Then young debutant Heath Shepherd took control of a match he'll certainly never forget. Shepherd kicked seven goals that day as the Pies won by 60 points to christen the new sand in style. Round three... 1993, the Magpies squared off against Essendon in front of 88,000 people at the MCG on Easter Monday. Collingwood came out of the blocks with an eight-goal opening term before easing off to win by 30 points. Severia Rocker booted five goals, Craig Stasevich kicked four, whilst Gavin Brown and Tony Francis were the dominant players on the ball. Collingwood jumped to the top of the ladder after three rounds. And in round three, in the year 2000, the Magpies were coming into the game with two wins under their belt, but they are up against the previous year's grand finalist, Carlton. Over 82,000 people turned up at the MCG to watch a game that the media and the Blues fans thought was going to be a canter. In the end, it was a canter for Collingwood. Sav Rocker kicked six, Nathan Buckley was best on ground as usual, as the, Mag- the Magpies spanked the arrogant Blues by 73 points to announce Collingwood's return as an AFL power. In 2001, Collingwood and the Bulldogs played round three at Colonial Stadium, now Telstra. The game was in the balance well into the third term until Collingwood unleashed an awesome display of footy, booting 10 goals in 18 minutes. Taz kicked five for the match and Clement worked in three as the Pies stormed to a massive 72-point victory. Bucks was best on ground yet again and Richo played a blinder. Round three, 2003, on a sunny afternoon at the MCG, the Magpies and the Cats had more of an arm wrestle than a football match. Geelong tried to harass and scrag the Pies to drag us down to their level. At three-quarter time, they were winning the fight by three points, but an electrifying final quarter, inspired by Chris Tarrant and Anthony Rocker, allowed the Pies to win by 47 points. Tarrant was superb with 16 marks. He and Rocker kicked four each, but sadly, Tark and Lockyer suffered a horrible knee injury in the second term. That was round three. Cara, there'd be a few people going away this long weekend, don't you think? Yeah, Maxie, and those long drives can be really tiring after a big week. Well, over the long weekends, the TAC and the SES have 65 driver reviver sites set up around the state, so you can pull over, break up the drive, have a cuppa and a rest. But wait, there's more. The TAC is also rewarding drivers who pull into the driver reviver sites with a chance to win some fantastic prizes by simply filling out an entry form. You could win a family holiday to Curran Cove Island Resort in Queensland or one of $250 fuel vouchers. You beauty, I'm stopping at everyone I pass. Where are they again, Maxie? There are 65 of them set up around Victoria, so you could be in for a few stops. There's one in Cranbourne, Corio, Ballarat and Hillsville. Check out www.tacsafety.com.au for the full list.
Entries closed 12th of June and drawn on the 19th of June 2006. Brookvale, New South Wales. Winners published in the Australian 26th of June 2006. Authorised under Vic Permit number 06590. Sugarfoot, let's get to it. Round 3, 2006. That, Collingwood, Kangaroos. That's right, Connor. I've got the, uh, the sides in front of me. They haven't been finalised yet, but we've got uh, Wakes, Jason Cloak and uh, Chad Morrison named on the extended interchange bench, while the Kangas have brought back Big Sav, always loves to play against us, mm. uh, Johnny Hay and uh, some bloke called Trotter. Trotter, David Trotter. Apparently it's his, uh, his fourth senior game, whoever he is. Well, uh, good luck to him, but not too much luck. Well, Connor, we're here to talk about our team. I'm certainly keen to see us get that positive win-loss ratio that we talked about earlier, Absolutely, guys. Absolutely, driver. How are we going to do it, Sugar? Look, I think Anthony on Shannon Watt is going to be key. Although they've named Hay on the extended bench, Watt couldn't even keep Ken Kingsley to less than eight goals last week. So how he's going to keep Anthony to less than double figures has got yeah, me stumped. Very good point. What goes up must come down. That's my <laughs> thinking, Sugar. And I, I think agree, in this Connor. instance... Watts had his uh, his time, you know. Uh, they were talking about drafting um, or trading for Jonathan Hay, and the reason was that uh, Watt would have more opportunity to run up the field and be more of an attacking defender. But the point is, we've got Tall Timber down the front. We've got Rocker. We've got Tarrant. We've got Fraser. We've got Travis, Travis Cloak. Great, great first we quarter last week. We haven't yeah, mentioned great so last far. week. With respect, guys, I actually think that North can match us in the Tall Timber department up back. Um, I, that's where I think our small forwards are going to come into it this game. Who are the men? Um, who are the men to do it for them? Well, they do have guys like Jonathan Hay, Watt, who we've mentioned, and also Lee Brown, who is, I think, a terrific footballer. Mm. Um, let's not underestimate them. I think where we can get under their guard is the fact that we do have, along with Tarrant, Rocker and Cloak, we've got guys like Carousella, Alan Didak, Dale Thomas, Nathan Buckley... Smaller guys who can come in and kick goals. We're forgetting Leon as well. Mm. Um, I, the other issue that I think we need to consider this week, North's Ruckman will be good. Oh, Hale, yeah. Hale, Hale and, and really, McIntosh yeah. are both going to be good players. Great around but the ground. But this is a wonderful opportunity for Josh Fraser and, and Guy Strick. Richards Absolutely to assert their authority over what is really a Tyro Ruck unit. Um, I'm looking forward to watching a winning Collingwood Ruck unit set us off on a victory. Feeding the midfielders, getting the ball in long. If the North tall defenders spoil our big key forwards, let's rely on the little blokes to kick the goals. I think, to a certain degree, though, it's it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, fair enough. The Kangaroos have got some solid talls there. But Lee Brown, I watched a little bit of their game against Geelong last week. He was playing forward. Um, you know... There are a few players there like Hale that you mentioned and McIntosh, those Ruckman, that aren't always on the ground at the same time because otherwise it makes them a little bit slow. I mean, people say, oh, well, you know, the Collingwood midfield's a bit slow, but Kangaroos are are not a quick team. No, they rely on their Simpsons. Uh, One of the guys in the middle who... He's he's a bit like Scotty Burns, and I I really rate him. He doesn't get much of a go. Is Harris. Yeah. Well, he's Uh, named in the centre. He is. I mean, Harris is a great player. I think Wells... We've got his measure. I think a, a John He's also or, been a bit inconsistent, Daniel is, Wells. I mean, look, obviously a great talent, but a bit inconsistent. Mm. I think that with the North team, 
They rely on that midfield unit. It's not whether it's Wells or Simpson or Grant or even Archer See, or, Har- or Harris. It's all of them and the way they rotate them. And we're forgetting Brett, uh, Brett Harvey, of course, who's a of wonderful course, fantastic footballer. Quote. What we need to do is match them in the middle. Mm. They do have good ball skills, and they deliver the ball into their forward line really quickly. So first use of the ball is going to be important. Our midfielders are going to need to get their hands on the ball first, and that's where I think our ruck unit can come into it. What I've seen so far this year of Josh Fraser's tap work and I've got to be honest, I've been critical well. in the past, Absolutely. but what I've seen of Josh Fraser's tap work, and to a lesser extent, Guy Richards' tap work this year, has got me thinking that they can take another step forward. The other thing that we should be thinking about is in terms of their mobility, or our mobility off the half-back line, James Clement had a fantastic game last week against Williams, basically cut him out of the game. Completely. But also, as we were mentioning earlier, we've got Loney, we've got Johnson, You know, Bucks has spent some time in defence well, over the last two weeks. And what that means is that we have got this sort of renewed opportunity or ability to drive off the half-back line. That's right. Break yep. the lines and kick long. It's where we won it in the second half, or the completely different game to the first half last week, and it's where we'll win. I think the confidence factor too, boys. Um, I think the fact that the team is so confident after a wonderful second half is going to propel us into this game. I'm looking for quite a significant victory. I'm looking for us to make a statement. I'm going to go out in a limb and say Collingwood will win between 8 and 10 goals, 48 to 60 points. Connor, what do you think the margin will be? Well, I think a couple of years ago we saw a Collingwood team, I think it was 2004, play a scintillating third quarter against Carlton. We kicked something like 9 goals, and everyone said, finally, we're back. We're playing the footy that that we played in 2003, but we didn't follow it up that year and was struck down by injury. Now, I think this is that chance to make amends, that we're going to go into round three with another big win. I think it'll be a solid 40-point win. I'd be very happy with that. Yeah, Connor, I agree. Driver, I'm I'm being a bit more conservative than last week. They would have got my 10 goals if we didn't ease off in those last few minutes. Yeah, very true. uh, I reckon reckon seven seven goals is... uh, I'll give you seven goals in this week. I think we're we're a good show. Forwards are too strong. Midfield matches them, and our backs are, are way too strong for their their forward line. Gentlemen, it's going to be a big game. I'm really looking forward to this being a sign of things to come. I think Jono, in that fantastic interview that we got earlier with Clinton Bound, said, Pies fans, if we want to see what 2006 is going to be all about at Collingwood, it's about that third quarter. It's about that direct, high-scoring footy from Collingwood and holding the opposition to nothing. Let's just hope that this is a sign of things to come. Well, we'll be out there in our black and white stripes on Monday and at t- Telstra Dome, making sure that the Magpies get a second win on the board for the year. And just like the Lord, the Pies will rise on Easter Monday. Oh, <laughs> Sugarfoot, that is absolutely uh, unholy. Sweet 16. It's been 16 years since the Pies have won a flag, and this year we'll win another. Let's name our best team of the last 16 years. Driver, last week we asked the Magpie Army for their suggestions on who the best full forward was to have played for Collingwood over the last 16 years, and we got a huge amount of responses. Certainly, Kono, we had an overwhelming response to who the best full forward in the past 16 years is. Um, thank you to all the people out there in Pyland who sent in their nominations. I've got to say, despite... Having so many entries, there were only two nominees. There were a few votes for Peter Dacos, but the overwhelming majority of Pi fans believe the best full forward in the last 16 years is Severio Rocker. And so he now takes his place at 
that end of the oval at full forward with Presley being already ensconced at full back. The two Italian bookends. <laughs> and uh, Sugarfoot, we have selected at random three um, of the people who sent in their entries. We have, Driver, thanks. Uh, the winners are Luke Mason, Robin Pipe and Luke Elder. And they win a double pass to Kieran Butler claims Collingwood ruined my life, a Kieran show who was on earlier tonight, and that's over at the Caringbush Hotel. Fantastic show, and uh, we'll send those out to you shortly. Excellent. And I've got a. a we should commend Luke Mason in particular, who sent in a um, quite a long email giving us all his reasons why he thinks Severio Rocco has certainly been the f- best fullback. So well done, Luke, and well done to uh, all people who emailed through. And if you'd like to email through next week, we are nominating the position of centre-half back, the solid, the linchpin of defence. Email your entries to pineart at collingwoodfc.com.au with the subject line Sweet 16 and tell us who you think the best centre-half back for Collingwood's been over the last 16 years. Well, Connor, there have been a few centre-half backs over that time. Remembering in the early 90s, we had Michael Christian and Craig Kelly both play that position well. And since that time, we've had... James Clement, as well as Shane Wakelin, who've been uh, quite significant in our eyes. We even had Tex play there uh, a couple of games. <laughs> Tex Walker. Maxie's a potential. Oh, I think Maxie's a, a great player, as you know, you know my views on Maxie. But um, we sometimes forget we had players like Andrew Shawble, who also played that position through the 90s. Absolutely. Uh, but Before it's he, not up uh, to us. Went to Sydney. It's mm. up to all the listeners out there in Pie Land. And uh, as we say, if they could send in their entries for the best centre-half back of the last 16 years to pinite at collingwoodfc.com.au, make sure you put Sweet 16 in the subject line. And if there's anything else you want to let us know about... Here at Pie Night, you can send us an email to the same address, pinight at collingwoodfc.com.au. Subject line of your say. And uh, we'll be selecting uh, next week, entrance for Sweet 16, we'll be selecting at random passes uh, to see the movie Kokoda. The website is Kokoda the Movie, one word, .com.au. And it's a, a fantastic film about the Kokoda Trail and Australia being at war with Japan. It's being released. Uh, uh, 20th of April, I think. Yeah, a few days, days before Anzac Day, very yeah. appropriately. And um, we certainly commend it as a film for all Pi fans out a there fantastic to go along and movie. see. Well, gentlemen, it's come to the end of the show once more. Let's hope Monday brings us the Easter eggs that we want. <laughs> and as we wind up for tonight, thanks for listening here on Pi Night, brought to you by Easy Bonds Global Payments. We say, as always... Go Pies!